Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. I'm Jordan Gonsalves and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Welcome to PM Mood the no-talking-points-no-bullshit podcast that takes you behind the curtain, off the red carpet, and to the front lines of progress with changemakers and innovators that are doing the work to shift our culture and expand our social impact. I am so excited to welcome to PM Mood Kalila Wright, who is the founder and CEO of the expressive brand Mess in a Bottle. I love... Mess in a Bottle so much. If you are not following them on Instagram, you should because the quotes are funny, are insightful, are amazing. Kalila, welcome to PM Mood. Hi, thank you guys so much for having me. So you are Jamaican. I am. I was born in Jamaica and I migrated to the United States around five years old. So I'm Jamaican. My, are you? Yes, I didn't know that. Yeah, my parents came to the United States in uh, 1970. So I was born in nice. the States, but they... But they Jamaican, Jamaican, so you Jamaican too. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Give up yourself! <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. So tell me about the idea behind Mess in a Bottle. You are this incredible Black woman entrepreneur. Tell me how Mess in a Bottle came to be. So Mess in a Bottle, we started in 2016. And in 2015, the Freddie Gray riots here in Baltimore, Maryland, mm. um, I really just wanted to figure out a way of being expressive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after the Freddie Gray riots, people were kind of walking around like almost unsure of how to say how they felt. And I think that the riots made people a bit stifled, like they didn't have a voice. Mm -hmm. So I created Mess in a Bottle as a way of giving a voice to the voiceless. And so I just started creating messages and putting them on T-shirts and people were very intrigued. And they were like, this is how I feel. Thank you for saying it. 
So, you know, that was my way of being able to give a voice to the voice less and getting people to say something without saying anything at all. I love the fact that your products come in a bottle. Yes. Tell me about that because that's so interesting. And one of the things that I followed as I was following your Instagram was your first visit to Essence Festival and your vending machine. And I just thought this was like your concepts are so cool. So tell me about Thank how you. about the idea of putting the products, putting the shirts and everything inside of an actual bottle. Well, that happens because I am an architect and designer by trade, and I used to work for Under Armour. And while I was at Under Armour, I was listening to music, and I had no idea who the person was, what the album was. But when I looked down at the screen, it was an album called Surf from Chance the Rapper. Mm. And it had, you know, it was like a bottle in the ocean, in the sand, and Mm -hmm. it was like a message in a bottle. And it just really clicked that these messages that I was putting on a T-shirt were my messages in a bottle. And so this was my way of kind of giving a form of communication in the 21st century way of like this 310 BC concept Mm -hmm. of receiving a message in the ocean. And so, you know, I decided, I was like, okay, I want to name the company Message in a Bottle. But of course, you know, brand-wise, there's a lot of messages in a bottle. (laughs) Right, right. My brand quickly realized that I'm a mess. Like this is a mess. is, you know, behind the message. Right. So I decided to name the company Mess in a Bottle. And I was like, okay, well, you know, if it's a mess in a bottle, you got to have it in a bottle. Mm-hmm. So initially when we started out, we did these glass bottles from Ikea with like a round mouth. Mm-hmm. And we quickly then within probably a year after starting, after launching, we then ended up, you know, manufacturing our own plastic bottles. And that is how Mess in a Bottle was birthed. I just I love it so much because, you know, it conjures up memories of my childhood going to the beach. I grew up on eastern Long Island going to the beach as a little kid like I literally did. This was, you know, before we understood, you know, pollution is bad. But I did but I did put messages in bottles and throw them into the ocean because I felt like it was like, you know, my little time capsule at some point it'll wash up somewhere and somebody will open it. So I just, I love the concept behind it. And I love the idea. I was so excited for you and for your brand when Serena Williams wore one of your jackets. Queen, what a queen, don't be afraid to rule like a king. Tell me about that particular message. And then also your feeling that moment when you saw that she was rocking your coat. So, you know, the whole evolution of Serena, it's quite an interesting journey. And it's a good one. I think, you know, I had a run in with her at one point, and I wasn't able to give her any products. And then I have a really good friend who's now a friend, Bazoma St. John. She is great friends with Serena. And so Bazoma had on my queen, don't be afraid to rule like a king jacket. And, you know, she wore to Coachella. So when she wore to Coachella, of course, Serena being her friend was like, I want that. (laughs) And that is exactly how the connection happened. And so the message itself, you know, I create these messages and the queen don't be afraid to rule like a king is really a message that's saying like the strength of a woman should not be diminished because you're not a man. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot Mm -hmm. of the times, you know, women get a bad rap for really like ruling and being strong and their strength. You know, we've been taught 
for most of our lives to be, you know, very subtle and very like seen and not heard and, you know, all these things. And so my jacket is saying, don't be afraid to rule just like a king might rule. Mm -hmm. Like don't apologize for that. Be unapologetic. So I think that Serena, she realized like, you know, the message itself was very powerful, especially in a- Given who she is. uh, Yeah. And how she's been treated. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. In tennis, where I think that she really resonated with the message. And just to answer as well, in regards to the vending machine and the bottle, Mm -hmm. you know, that was also something where when I created the t-shirts and in the bottle, I had the vision of- being able to spread and share my messages all over the world. And so that is how the vending machine also played into part. I did not know until I was prepping to talk to you that you are an architect by trade. I am. And so how did you make the, or do you feel like it's even a transition from designer of buildings, right, to clothing? You know, when I was in high school and trying to figure out my profession, I loved fashion, but I told myself that, doing architecture will probably get me to be a well-rounded designer. Mm. And I think that that is actually what happened, where now I became a great designer. Of course, creating buildings is different than creating, you know, fashion and design and all this other stuff. But I think that within architecture, I can now use, you know, my background where for the vending machines, we've designed certain things and I need to have certain architectural drawings. And, you know, for our bottle design, and again, we have to have elevations of the bottle. How does it look? Where does the cap? How tall is the cap? So those are all things that architecturally have helped me, you know, even with spacing and figuring out like, okay, well, where to position, you know, the machines or how to lay out a space when I'm vending. So I think all of those things have really played a part within my career. And it's a lot more well-rounded. I just think that that's extraordinary, the fact that you have all of that spatial understanding and all of those things and how art kind of translates into all of these different spaces from buildings to, you know, creating the vending machine to your actual clothing and home decor products. I just think that that's so, so incredibly cool. As a black woman entrepreneur, what are some of the obstacles, if any, that you have had to face over the past couple of years since launching in 2016? You know, I would think that the biggest obstacle, I mean, everyone, you know, knows it, is capital and Mm. our access to capital. I think that that, especially as a woman-owned, you know, Black woman-owned business, it's different because, you know, you know that there is a lot of capital available, Mm -hmm. but then within our sector, it just feels like we aren't growing as fast and as big. We don't have as much access. We're not, you know, so that becomes really difficult you know, to build a business. And I think that's why also just being a black woman, so many people root for us because we know how much odds, you know, there is to actually get to the point that we're at, especially with nothing. I started this company with less than $500 and I am where I am today. And I'm four years, you know, we've been in business for four years and still standing. You started the company with $500? Less than. Less than $500. And a two-year-old. Right. And as a single mom. (laughs) So, yes, I did. Yep. That's extraordinary. That's that Jamaican hustle right there. All the way. (laughs) (laughs) All the way. You refer to your son as, is he your co-CEO? He's a CEO. I don't run this thing. I don't even own this thing. (laughs) 
Like, I'm in the process of transferring it all and making sure that his name is on everything. And so, you know, I want my son to understand that he can have ownership, you know, of his life, of things. And I want him to understand at a young age that he is a boss. And so I think, you know, some days I do have a lot of mommy guilt about, like, maybe staying up late Mm. or not being able to, you know, do certain things and quickly friends and family remind me that I'm giving him so much more. You know, he's really learning about entrepreneurship. You know, he asked me like, oh, are the workers in today? What hours do they work? You know, like there's a lot of things that he taps into. You know, he's starting to understand certain things about paying invoices. And, you wow. know, he sees me do it on a regular basis. So he's like, you know, if we go to the post office, he knows like, you know, where to go, what packages. Like I tell him all the time, like he's the mail person. So he helps with, you know, trying to help me with the labels and printing labels and putting stuff in packages and sending them out and helping us, you know, when he's in the shop, you know, at times I get him to do some work as well. You know, that's so wonderful because I tell you, you know, oftentimes people who are parents, I'm not a parent myself, but people who are, you know, keep such a distance from their work and their family. So it's like they leave the house, they go to work, but their kids really have no idea what they're doing. Right. Like they have no investment in it. They don't understand it. And it's never really explained to them. It's just like, oh, you know, mommy or daddy or grandma, whomever is at work. Right. But what does that actually mean? And so I love the idea of teaching and showing at the same time, you know, seeing those late hours, I think, is incredibly important. Right. Like things don't just happen. You know, you have to make them happen. And I think that that's an incredible message that you're sending to your son. Thank you. Yes. What was it like to go to? I I, I tell you, I felt like I was on the road with you when you went (laughs) when you went to Essence Fest. I loved your telling everybody every step of the way what was happening so that we could feel like we were on this major journey with you. What was it like to get there? It was difficult, you know, like the vending machine. It was our first time bringing it on the road, as well as just trying to figure certain things out, packing up. So Essence Fest is, of course, one of our favorite, you know, events. It's one of our things that we love to do. This was our second year and we were launching the vending machine. And it was a really good experience until our truck, you know, broke down like an hour (laughs) before we got to Essence. And it was like, no. And, um, you know, I had my PR marketing person, Regina, as well as one of my great girlfriends, Lavandra. And we just got in a truck from D.C. and we drove all the way to New Orleans. And Mm -hmm. baby, it was it was hot. It was, we got to know each other. <laughs> really well. He had, it was a road trip. Like, we got there. We were like, we need out of these clothes. We need to, you know, pull it all together. But it was a great experience. And I'm really happy that I did it. It taught us a lot. And, and that's what entrepreneurship is really about. You have to sometimes get in the car and drive the vehicle and, yep. you know, and get to certain places and things will break down and, you know, shirts and stuff might go missing or you can't find something but it's really how you problem solve and you figure things out do a lot of women come to you now that you are four years in do a lot of folks come to you for advice about how they start their business or many people who are like you know what I don't have the money. I know for a fact that venture capitalists, right who fund a lot of companies, a lot of businesses, black women, get 0.0000001 percent of the hundreds of millions of dollars that are given out each year. 
And so what advice do you provide to women, and especially women of color, who want to do something, but capital really is the obstacle that they can't seem to get over? Well, what I do tell people all the time is your journey is going to be your journey, and you really need to be on that path. I think sometimes people look at others and feel like, oh, I want, you know, I can obtain the same success. And the truth is you can, but it might be different. So you might unfortunately have to stay at your nine to five a little bit longer Mm. and get that to help fund your business a little bit more. You might have to, you know, volunteer at certain places and get, you know, almost funding through that by letting them give you free space for certain things. You know, I tell people to try to be flexible and not think that their journey and story is going to be the same. And like, you know, my success at all is not overnight. You know, it might have came a little bit faster than others, but I've worked my tail off to accomplish it. And so, you know, I try to be transparent about my journey because I want other people to realize like there's a lot of work that is put into this for you to get those results. And I think that you can't think that, what I've attained is going to be what you'll attain because your journey, your story is going to look different. Yeah. And I think that that's right. You know, oftentimes people think they see people's success, right? And they believe that it happened overnight, that they believe like, oh, those people are just lucky. What frustrates me is that people only ever see the end product. They don't actually see the journey, which is why I think I was so excited as I became a part of the Mess in a Bottle community on social media because I love the fact that you were sharing all parts of your journey so that people don't look at you and say, oh, this is so easy, like it doesn't take any effort. And I think that you sharing the way that you do really opens up people's eyes to what effort really looks like, right? Like I think one of my favorite pictures I think that goes around on social media a lot is of a ballerina looking, you know, absolutely beautiful. But then the next shot is of her feet and it's like broken and mangled and twisted. And it's like, this is what it looks like. Like it may seem like it's beauty, but this is the work. This is the literal blood, sweat and tears that it takes. Other than telling people that they need to keep at it and focus on the fact that everybody's journey is going to be different, what other advice specifically have you gotten that people have given you, whether it's family members or friends, that keep you going, that continue to push you to be your best you, put out your best products, and come up with bigger and bolder ideas? What is some advice that has inspired you? You know, I think that one of the biggest advice that I probably have been given is to like not be afraid of change. I think that if you want to get to the next level, if you want to, you know, do something different, it does consist a level of concentration and it does consist you shifting and changing. And I think that sometimes we kind of get so stuck in our way and we see things working in a certain vision that we already have implanted that sometimes we don't look ahead. Mm -hmm, So I think mm -hmm. like being able to you know, be able to adjust. And right now we live in a time where things are changing at the minute. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's probably one of the better advices I've been given. Yeah, I think that it's just so important to keep pushing, to keep doing, to keep growing. It's what makes you better. I'm looking at your your site and folks, you have to check it out, messinabottle.com. 
Do you have a favorite shirt? Do you have a favorite saying? Yeah, the first one that I've created is probably one of my favorite. It says entrepreneur, a fancy word for a crazy person following their dreams. <laughs> and I think that that's probably the epitome of what a true entrepreneur is. And I'm just like a crazy girl, but I'm like, look, I'm going to continue following this dream no matter where it takes me. So I think that that's one of my favorite messages. I love that message because I feel the exact same way. I also love the creative one as well, which is a fancy yeah. fancy word for a person who came up with this shit you couldn't think of. <laughs> right, who can't come up with it. Right, exactly. That's I, I love it. Yeah, I love that yep. one so much. As well as your 100% black owned. Yes. And I, a black woman created this. Like the list goes on. I'm mm-hmm. just like, I'm like, I just love them all. Do these just pop into your head? Do they come up in conversation with friends? No, they really just pop. Like I go to sleep thinking of messages and things just come to me. The one that we just mentioned, 100% black mm-hmm. owned. To mm-hmm. me, that one is so incredibly bold, right? Um, it is. Tell me a bit about that particular one. So 100% Black-owned, I think I created that during Black History Month. I think it was just one of, no, you know, I think I was either heading maybe to an Essence event, and I just really wanted a shirt with a message that said exactly how I felt, and that was that I was 100% Black-owned. I think right now, even, you know, not that I wouldn't want investors and all this stuff, you know, to expand the business, but I think that it just says something to know that I am and the company is 100% Black-owned. And I think it's a big deal. I do. I think that it is really a big deal. And, you know, I often talk on the other shows that I host, I talk a lot about race, about racism, about white supremacy. And so for me, that shirt stands out so much because we're told not to be proud of being black, right? We're told not to be proud of our skin, of our history, of our existence. And so when I saw the 100% black owned and also a black woman created this. Yes, that's like probably one of my favorite. It is just, it's so much power, right? Like it's so much power in that message. And like you say, you know, the whole point is that you're giving voice to the voiceless for people who, you know, may not have a platform, right? Who have not created what you have created or don't feel like they can say what they want to say. And you literally put it on a shirt for them so that they can own their blackness. They can own, you know, their womanness and feel really good about that. And I just think that it's so inspiring what you're doing. What are your plans for Mess in a Bottle? What kind of upcoming events and projects that you're most excited about? I think right now we've got a cool podcast happening, and it's called What a Mess. You can find it it on Spotify and Apple Music or Apple Podcasts and all that good stuff. As well as we're just expanding and looking at the growth of the brand. We have some great collaborations coming up. So we just got stuff. We got a lot of mess happening. You got a lot of mess happening. You know, one of the questions that I ask everyone who joins PM Mood is what gets you in the PM Mood to change the world? Because you are indeed doing that with all of your mess all of your mess in a bottle, what gets you in the mood to do that? 
you know, I think what gets me in the mood the most is either a really long run, a quiet run, or just being in a room alone. Like, you know, when I'm at my shop and I'm looking out into the space and I'm seeing the clothing and there's no staff here and I'm just looking, that definitely gets me in a space where I am, I'm happy where Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm just looking out at what I'm building. I just, you know, and I love the fact that everything is done in Baltimore, in Maryland, that you're creating and shipping and all of that is happening in the city of Baltimore. You know, I talked about Baltimore and how Donald Trump attacked the, your city in such a horrific way. How did you feel about that? You know, <laughs> how did I feel about that? You know, I am from Brooklyn, New York, mm-hmm. but um, I've been in Baltimore now for 12 years I really call Baltimore home. And Donald Trump can't understand Baltimore, Maryland. You know what I mean? Like, so, I mean, for me, especially being the owner and founder of the company, I try not to. He is still the president of the United States. But at the end of the day, like, you know, he's probably very disconnected. Oh, he's um, disconnected already. Exactly. (laughs) From what is really happening. Especially Mm -hmm. in urban African-American communities such as ours. And so for me, I just look at his comment like, you know, unfortunately, as ignorance and just not being here, not connecting with the city, not understanding the city. And so that's all I had for it was Mm -hmm. I was just like, you know, the same. He's just, you know, he he doesn't understand what's happening in the city. So how can he comment? He doesn't understand what's happening. Just full stop. Exactly. <laughs> that's right. Kalila, thank you so much for joining PM Mood. Thank you for the work that you're creating and the inspiration that you give me on a regular basis. I love to go to your Instagram page. I love to see what message I'm getting today. It's really a pure joy. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. We'll have to have you back again as you continue to grow and branch out and develop new products and new things. So we really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Folks, I'm so excited to announce a special gift that I have for all of you. For the next three weeks, my daily political talk show, Woke AF Daily, will be free. That's right. You heard it free and you can hear it right here on this podcast feed. This is my gift to you as we all move through this pandemic together while separated in our own homes. So for the next three weeks, if you're already subscribed to PM Mood, you'll be getting Woke AF Daily in your feed for free. Stay tuned by following me on Twitter and Instagram at D2Cents, D-E-E-T-W-O-C-E-N-T-S, and stay in the PM Mood to change the world. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.